everyone. I'm Abby Emiot here with Dr. John Bell from Welsher Presbyterian Church in Denver, Colorado, and this is Tabletop Theology, a lighthearted conversation about serious topics. So Dr. Bell, this week we're on to the eye in tulip, uh, which is irresistible grace. Is that right? That's correct. Tell us about it, please. <laughs> well, just for those who have been watching uh, all the series, uh, TULIP is uh, an acronym for uh, the five points of Calvinism coming out of the Synod of Dort uh, in, in Holland. Uh, not the exclusive domain of Calvinism, but a nice, successful way to at least Very start the conversation. Yes. Mm -hmm. just, just a good way to start the conversation about, about faith. So we're using that as a template uh, for the start of this series. Um, irresistible grace. Uh, every time I hear the word irresistible, I think of uh, Robert Palmer's uh, hit song, Irresistible. And it just starts rolling around in my brain. Uh, I'll probably ask Alexa to play it as soon as we're finished here. <laughs> um, very memorable. But, um, you know, again, two words, irresistible and grace. Um, irresistible is just, uh, a great word. I mean, it's just really a great word. It means, um, we'll get to grace in a second, but uh, the grace of God is simply irresistible. I mean, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful way to think about God's magnetic power over us as individuals. God wants us so badly that God puts something out there in front of us that is irresistible. Um, I have a Labrador retriever and <laughs> all food, all food, <laughs> socks, anything is irresistible to that dog. And when I think about, uh, you know, uh, being irresistible, it's just a, a wonderful way that God comes to us. Um, it shows the initiative of God. It shows the um, love of God. Uh, just, just a great word. Uh, grace. Uh, grace is uh, not necessarily a common word. In fact, uh, as I was thinking about this morning, probably the word disgrace is more used than grace. Um, disgrace obviously means something unpleasant or uh, untoward, um, not kind. Uh, grace, we might say, we might use that word over a, a meal blessing or a in some other ways referring to royalty at times, but grace is a good word uh, in theology that generally means the unmerited, unmerited favor of God, the unmerited favor of God, the unmerited love of God, the unmerited goodness of God towards us. Meaning um, God loves us, God cares for us, God saves us, not because of anything that we have done, not because of any goodness we've achieved, not because of any level of morality that we have attained. Um, God simply loves us because God created us and God um, wants to be in relationship with us. And God has, in the Presbyterian parlance, chosen us. So irresistible grace is a wonderful uh, doctrine to show that, uh, first of all, uh, whatever God puts in front of us, 
is irresistible and second um, it's it's unmerited on our part um, meaning there's nothing we can do to lose it either uh, there's nothing all of creation that can separate us from the love of god and we believe that to be firm so it's it's uh, i've said the last three weeks this is uh, the last two are my favorite irresistible grace is certainly a wonderful gift that we have from our creator and should be utterly inspiring to us well i kind of love that tulip starts out with the less than happy <laughs> things i mean at least total depravity i guess unconditional or um yeah unconditional election was was a pretty good one but this uh limited atonement um they're just, they're just a little heavier but these last two of irresistible grace um is much more pleasant <laughs> i think and much happier. What, what about what about total depravity don't you know <laughs> i guess it's just a little little bit down on myself <laughs> maybe but it's definitely something that's harder to think about but um well, also my, just... my grandchild had a very hard day yesterday we think she oh. went through a phase or maybe mm. having a new tooth but uh the doctrine of total depravity yesterday would not have been alien to her <laughs> right away right from Right from birth, right? Um, so I wanted to kind of dig into this magnetic connection. That was a, a phrase you just used that I really liked, um, of this magnetic connection to God, kind of um, hinting at uh, perhaps a two-way pull there. Um, we talk a lot about like how God can be exposed through a lot of different things in the world, through the Bible, through tradition, um, through reasoning, is that somehow connected to this idea of the magnetic connection that we might have with, with God and grace? Well, the Bible says our hearts are hungry or empty until they rest in God. And I think if there's something within our soul that's missing, that, that's, that feels empty until we have a connection with our Creator, until we... Um, have a relationship with uh, Jesus Christ that gives us direction, gives us purpose, gives us meaning. Mm -hmm. And I think until people find that uh, purposeful meaning to their lives, there's a sense of emptiness mm -hmm. uh, that, they, that they do feel. And, um, so yeah, I, I think it's a two-way street. I think, uh, I could, again, a baby looking, we're going through separation anxiety right now. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I think when a baby misses her mother, uh, it, it's a it's a scary and um, tumultuous time. And I think I think we have in our total depraved state uh, <laughs> a sense of separation anxiety from God that uh, we're we're not satisfied until we're connected to our creator and creation, um, and, and that's satisfying. Thank you. I think that's um, such a lovely reminder. I'm really glad we get to have a lovely topic. I feel like the world, especially in 2020, is not always <laughs> happy news and things. So I think thinking about this irresistible grace and being reminded of the beauty of that is such an important, hope-filled part of our lives. Um, we actually got some emails from listener or viewers, I guess, um, and which is exciting and love to get that feedback. So um, I know you got an email asking about the items behind you. So uh, <laughs> would you mind explaining a little bit of some of those significance of the things behind you? 
Well, this, uh, this is not my normal setting for tabletop theology. I have preached a couple of sermons from this spot. Uh, but thank you for that question, actually. Uh, this is my home sanctuary. Uh, uh, we live in uh, actually a four-story townhouse in, off Central Park. So right out this window, which is covered up for uh, purposes of lighting, right out this window is Central Park in Stapleton. So I, I overlook a beautiful green space. Mm. Uh, the Greeks, ancient Greeks, believed that uh, paradise was a, an enclosed green space. And so I, I literally feel like I look out at paradise uh, every time I look up. So that's important to me. Uh, this, this statue behind me, this 18-inch uh, or so statue behind me, has been in my office at Welsher uh, since, since I was there. I brought it home for the pandemic <laughs> to, to comfort me. Um, uh, it was my grandmother. She bought it in Germany uh, by, by a famous German artist who worked during uh, uh, Hitler's time. It was actually protest art. Mm. Although you have to understand the whole way in which he did it. Um, I have a book on it, but um, this is this is the moment at which Thomas recognizes Jesus, mm. and Thomas sort of is sort of faints, sort of falls. Jesus catches him, and Thomas says, "My Lord and my God," and uh, a recognition that uh, Jesus has been resurrected and is there. Thomas is now in the club. Uh, the reason I like it is because Thomas is the doubter, known as the doubter, and I think uh, many of us have lots of questions, and uh, uh, Thomas is, I think, the um, prototypical person of the Enlightenment, the one who wants to ask questions, unless I, you know, unless I see the hands and the feet and the side, I'm not believing. And so Thomas wants an evidence-based Christianity, which we all want, which is not available to us as it was to Thomas, because Jesus says, blessed are those who have seen, but blessed, uh, uh, blessed for you because you've seen, but blessed for those who don't see. Uh, that little guy way over there, it's hard for you, is, uh, <laughs> is a John Calvin bobblehead doll. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, uh, given to me uh, by the Katies in the church, and one of my favorite toys. I love holding up in Zoom Presbytery meetings and wobbling the head uh, when I want to vote yes. Uh, top picture is uh, uh, it's autographed, but I'm not sure it's a real autograph. It's John Knox, the main Presbyterian in Scotland. Um, and I can't remember who gave that to me many, many years ago. Um, John Knox wasn't necessarily a nice or happy person, so that doesn't necessarily sit well with with our family but it was historically important and it's a, a really nice uh, thing uh, that is the front cover of a harper's mag weekly magazine um, from the 19th century and features a circuit writer on it a, probably a methodist circuit writer who um, circuit writers were preachers who went from um, church to church on Sunday morning, preaching uh, the same sermon in two, three, four churches. Um, 
my grandfather and great-grandfather were at points in their lives uh, essentially circuit riders. And so that reminds me of my uh, family history in this business. And uh, was, I find it very, very inspirational. I'm glad I don't have to ride a horse on Sunday morning <laughs> from church to church. Uh, that is a Celtic cross. I have no memory of when that came into my possession, but um, it does stand as a, a reminder of um, not just the cross, uh, but of my Irish roots, my Scottish mm -hmm. roots, um, which are important to me as well. And then the final piece up here is uh, a wood carving. Very nice, uh, given to me by my parents um, about around the time of my ordination. It's always been on my wall near my, near my desk. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a monk uh, using a Bible, which is a little extreme for a Protestant, but uh, it's, just a, it's just a lovely reflective piece uh, of, of the time I spend in solitude at this desk, um, preparing to be, be with people. And then this little glass etching down here, which sometimes is there and sometimes not as uh, paperweight, uh, which says WF, which is my college, Wake Forest University. And um, that was sort of my foundation for my call during college. Mm -hmm. So that's all the pieces right now. They sometimes change, but uh, that's a great question. So Well, thank you. I know I'm glad that you were, you were willing to share because I think people do see it a lot on Sunday mornings of these different items you have. And it's always nice to know the story of what they're seeing too. I'll go a little bit further. This is my home sanctuary. Uh, where I, I spend, honestly, most of my waking hours, unless I'm with family or um, watching a movie. Mm. I, I think it's important for people to have a home sanctuary, to have a place, especially during these COVID times, and to carve out a, a place which is sacred for you, a place mm. where you can meditate and pray and um, study scripture and have devotions. And uh, I know with all family members at home and the chaos. Uh, it's, it's difficult to do that, but um, I, I do think it's important um, to try to find a place that, that is yours and uh, means a great deal. I, I guess I didn't point out the glass of wine here. <laughs> <laughs> what are we drinking today? <laughs> that's, 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 um, symbolic of tabletop theology. Exactly. And, yes. As we said earlier, um, Abby and I are doing this because uh, we, we, we just think drunk history is a riot and, uh, and we, we're trying to emulate a little bit about that without the inebriated part. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, I love what you're saying about carving out space and it's a great little opportunity for a plug for something Welsher is doing. Um, coming up on September 13th, we're doing a drive-by reconnect a bit of a Sunday where people can drive by and pick something up. And one of those items is a candle uh, with our new little Welsher logo on it too. But the reason for that is helping people create a worship space even as they're worshiped virtually. So how can we try to create these spaces in our homes um, to feel at peace and to find hope um, during this season? So good little opportunity for a plug there as well <laughs> in our tabletop moment. Um, so I wanted to ask one more question. This is, I'm not trying to turn this into too much of a get to know your pastor kind of interview, but I am curious, um, apart from the resurrection story, which I always like to take off the table, what do you find to be one of the most meaningful stories in the Bible for you? Um, 
either just in COVID time or in general in your life, or just a wacky story that you happen to love, but what's a part of the Bible that um, you might recommend that we all read? Go back and read. Oh, wow. Just throwing wow. it out. <laughs> Um, well, I, I, uh, gosh, I, I wasn't prepared for that question. So unscripted, I'm, unscripted. I'm going, uh, I'm going stream of consciousness. Perfect. Um, I, uh, well, I, I, I think, uh, people know that I've taken a number of, uh, pilgrimages to, mm. to Israel and, uh, Jordan and Palestine and that area of the world. And, um, Almost every time I go, the the um, the high point for me is the Mount of Beatitudes, which is where Jesus uh, allegedly preached the Sermon on the Mount, and it's it's almost certain that's where he did preach the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, there's there's not a lot of bank choices for the Sea of Galilee and hills coming down. And uh, there's a lovely chapel there with many grounds for meditation. And so for me, uh, in fact, we just finished a series on the Beatitudes, blessed for the meek, blessed the poor in spirit. Uh, that probably is my favorite part of the Bible. And then you flip over to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and it says, do not worry what you eat and what you drink and what you wear. You know, the Lord knows you need all these things. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and this righteousness, and God will take care of you know everything else. Uh, as a as a preacher, as a person of faith, uh, you know when when God says, when Jesus says, "Don't worry, don't be anxious. Um, seek first the kingdom; everything else will be taken care of." Uh, that's just unbelievably comforting and inspiring. So I have to say the Sermon on the Mount is my favorite section of the Bible. I think that's, um, I can say it emphatically. I might change my, my <laughs> I might change my mind tomorrow, but. Uh, right now, it was an on the spot question. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Sermon on the Mount is the best part of the Bible. And uh, the Beatitudes plus the, the ending where he says, don't worry about mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow for tomorrow's troubles are enough for today. So it's. I mean, you just cannot read the Sermon on the Mount enough times. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Bell. This has been a very uplifting time. <laughs> I'm getting ready to do a, a memorial service and was reflecting on uh, the verses that, uh, you know, long list, nothing height or depth or mm -hmm. anything else, you know, nor anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. That, that's certainly just a powerful line to think that nothing in all of creation, not even ourselves, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord is also almost equally as comforting. Mm -hmm. So there you go, Abby. This has just been a very, I think this has been our most uplifting tabletop we've had. Oh, Let's sorry. go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and next week, is, next week is Perseverance of the Saints. Oh, this is your favorite. Call, so I get to call everybody saints. We're all saints. This just is much. It's very positive. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yes, exactly. Hopefully your grandbaby has a day of being a saint. After. Oh, she's been a saint today. 
Oh, good, good. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bell, and thank you all for tuning in. Again, we love to get your feedback, your thoughts, your questions. Uh, feel free to email us or uh, leave them in the comments. And thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Abby.